is, Brian, this is not going to be very entertaining for a radio listener because you won't be able to see what I'm doing, but I got to get back at Brian. So one second, y'all. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How about them Cowboys? My Dallas Cowboys get a win last night on Monday Night Football. And I had to break out the Troy Aikman jersey today here on Play by Play. We'll talk about the Cowboys game later in the show, but I figured, you know, being that we had such a conversation last week comparing the Cowboys record and the Saints record, what, do, do you want to exchange those numbers again right now? Or well, no, let, let's... Let's see. Oh, mercy. Every single time. You got to hit play, Bubba. <laughs> no, I had to. Oh, Michael. I got you. I got you. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys? They get a win on Monday Night Football last night over the Los Angeles Chargers, 20-17. to Beat up on Kellen Moore. Beat up on Justin Herbert. Get to 4-2. and two. Big win for Big Blue. On a week that the Eagles and the 49ers both lose, the Cowboys stand tall, going into their bye week with some momentum. Now look, I'm not going to lie to you. I was watching the game, and, and kind of toward the end, I was like the Chargers are going to pull this one out. I, and uh, I said, You ain't doing one. I said, man, <laughs> tomorrow on the show, Casey, same as the Saints. But I can't oh, do that. You can't do I, but that. I, I, I thought of it. Brandon Aubrey, 39-yard field goal. Uh, and the Cowboys pull a rabbit out of their hat and beat up on Justin Herbert. We're going to talk about that game later in the show. Just figured I would uh, you know, make oh. fun of my co-host here in the opening segment. Um, today we've got a busy show in the next segment of nauseous right now. In the next segment of the busy show, we're going to Jesse Turner at Covenant Christian Academy. His team got a big win uh, on Friday night. We'll talk with him in the next segment. At noon, we're going to Brody Williams, the birthday boy. Coach Brody turned, what did I say, 28 today? Uh, 27, 28, something like that. Uh, it's Brody's birthday, and we'll talk with him about tarpon football, tarpon basketball, and everything in between. At 12.15, we're going to Andrew Kaiwet of HL Bourgeois. Boy, are they expected to be pretty good this year. Um, Andrew and the crew are going to be um, better than they were last year where they finished the year strong and had a slow start. We'll chat with Andrew at 12.15. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then we'll talk about that Monday Night Football game a little bit later in the back half of the show. Um, talk about the Saints Thursday night game. The Saints are playing during the week this week against the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about that. Got a very, very interesting graph that I want to show you um, a little later in the show that shows just how poor the Saints offense has been. It is mind-blowing when you look at this graph to show uh, how far behind the curve they are um, compared to everyone else. But we open up today's show um, talking about Week 8 in our local high school football season. Um, we've got some big matchups. We've got Central Lafouche taking on Thibodeau. Must-win game for Thibodeau if they want to make the postseason. Central Lafouche is zero wins. You, you, you lose that one, you're falling off of a cliff in your power rating number. Uh, so Thibodeau has to have that one. Um, East St. John and Terrebonne, probably the game of the week, right? That's out in reserve. East St. John hosting Terrebonne. That's a big game. East St. John's undefeated. Terrebonne has two losses coming in. Great opportunity for Terrebonne going on the road. That'll be a huge one. Um H.L. Bourgeois and Hanville. Hanville has to have it, right? Hanville's outside of the top 28 right now. They have to have it. 
Um, they're hosting HL Bourgeois. They'll be heavily favored. They got to win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If they want to make the postseason, they need to win and get some help, and and they have to beat HL Bourgeois. Ellender and Vanderbilt, we don't expect drama. Uh, Vanderbilt's going to be heavily favored. It should be an opportunity for the Terriers to get a big one. This one's a little bit interesting to me. Assumption and Lutcher. Assumption making the trip to Lutcher. Um, <clears throat> Assumption um, is playing well. They are doing a lot of things well. I don't know that they'll be able to move the ball as freely on Lutcher as they have on some of the other teams because Lutcher's defense is so proficient. But this year, uh, excuse me, last year, this was a really good game. This was a really competitive, really close game. So if they hung with Lutcher's championship team last year, maybe, just maybe, they can make a game out of this again. Uh, this should be a very fun one. And I don't think Assumption has any district losses or anything, right? So I think this could potentially be for first place in the league. Uh, let me see. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, we're all just assuming Letcher's going to run away with the district, but I pull this up here, and yeah, Assumption's 3-0 and in district play, so we're playing for first place here. Um, that's a big one, man. Coach Will and his team. <laughs> now, what's Assumption's schedule? Assumption's Did schedule. Did they play the, Vanderbilt yet? They have not. That's... So if they get a win there, uh, Vanderbilt can maybe make it a big three-way tie later on. Assumption still has Letcher, Vanderbilt, South Terrebonne. They have beaten Morgan City, South Lafouche, and Ellender. But uh, first place will be hanging in the balance. Man, a lot of folks don't realize that. We just kind of assume that Lutcher is going to run away with everything, but um, they got to earn it on the field on, on Friday night against another undefeated team in District And 1. look, that game could be a very good one <clears throat> if Assumption's defense plays the way they're capable of playing against Lutcher's offense, and if Lutcher has trouble scoring, that, that could uh, – could be a game if, if somehow if Assumption can pull out a I'm score or two. I'm with you. Um, not a local game. Lafayette Christian and Westgate is going to be an absolute dogfight um, on Friday night. Morgan City and South Terrebonne. Morgan City traveling to the Swamp, taking on South Terrebonne. South Lafouche, of course, hosting St. Louis, a game you'll be able to hear uh, right here and also on ESPN 100.3. In 3A, we've got Berwick traveling to take on E.D. White. Good luck. God bless you. Um, we've got Donaldsonville traveling to take on St. James. Good luck and God bless you. <laughs> uh, don't expect much competitiveness in either of those two games. Patterson traveling to take on Archbishop Shaw will be a big challenge for Patterson, hmm. taking on a Shaw team that's really, really good. Homa Christian School will be taking on Jefferson Rice Charter. We talked to um, Coach Celestine yesterday. Um, they're going to be favored in the rest of their games, and if they win the rest of their games, they'll be at home in the opening round of the playoffs. So big opportunity for Homa Christian at home against Jefferson Rice Charter. And then the coach that we have on next, Jesse Turner, um, his CCA team taking on Ascension Catholic um, on the road. Uh, big opportunity for them. Central Catholic taking on Hanson Memorial will be a big one. Let me go check on Ascension Catholic to see how their season has been. Because I saw them in the preseason and was very impressed. And predictably so, I think they're having a really good record. But my LHSA app, of course, is frozen. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're good. They're 5-2 and two coming in. Their losses are to Dunham and Episcopal. They won their last game 65 to nothing against East Iberville. So it's going to be a big challenge for Covenant Christian on uh, Friday, taking on an Ascension Catholic team that has athletes galore. They have beaten Opelousas Catholic. They have beaten Hannon. Um, 
<clears throat> lost by one point to Dunham, so that's not a bad result. Yeah, this is going to be a big challenge for CCA. And we look forward to asking Jesse about it. I know he's going to have a good game plan in place, and his team's going to be ready to go. Um, but it's going to be a big challenge for them. Oh, Casey, I'm looking in back of you at the, the, uh, our schedule, radio schedule. Yeah, we're almost Can't, done with it, huh? My goodness. That's first, yeah, three quarters of the way down. It's like on the second sheet. Not much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all nickels pretty much on the second sheet, so that doesn't have anything to do with us. Oh, um, quick. Yeah, tonight tonight we've got a middle school game, uh, which will be Golden Medal versus Lockport, but tonight uh, we don't have the middle school game of the night because tonight Thibodeau and Raceland are locking up um, out at Thibodeau Middle, and we're going to learn definitively tonight what the Paris Championship race is going to look like going into the final week of the season. If Raceland wins tonight, then Raceland is rooting for Thibodeau to beat E.D. White next week, in which case it would be a three-way tie for the, the Paris Championship. If Thibodeau beats Raceland tonight, then it's very simple. Just the winner between Thibodeau and E.D. White wins the outright championship. So still got some big implications. Raceland and Thibodeau tonight. Um... I am pretty much the only person on the island saying that I think Raceland has a very good opportunity here. I like their skill players. I like the Howard kid. Defensively, I think they're really good. Um, I think it's going to be a good ball game. I, I would slightly favor Thibodeau, right? Because, you know, they've been rolling. But Raceland's been rolling, too. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a much closer game than what people realize. Well, if that game could be on a uh, tomorrow night. We would be there. Yeah, that, that would be a game. <laughs> And LCO was originally scheduled to play on Wednesday. The game's moved to Thursday because South Lafourche picked up a JV game at home on Wednesday. I, I saw that. Um, do you know who they're playing by chance? I saw that, that the, the uh, social media page for Tarpon Football put, you know, hey, we have a JV game on Wednesday at home, but I didn't see them list an opponent. It may be E.D. White. Okay. All right. Possible. Okay. I think I think Coach Gitros came on last Friday and said that's what he would do. I think yeah, we're, you're we're right. trying to get E.D. Right. White. You're right. He did say E.D. White. Okay, good deal. Good deal. So we got that figured out. See, I'll listen. <laughs> Apparently I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Jesse Turner of Covenant Christian Academy. Three segments in a row with call-in guest um, Brody Williams at noon, Andrew Kiowet at 12.15. Then after we wrap up with Andrew at 1230, I'm going to be bragging about the Cowboys for the last half hour of the show. So it's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. 
Fleet Supply. Offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. The LaRose Civic Center presents the annual French Food Festival, October 27th through the 29th, featuring carnival rides, games, crafters, auctions, and kids' activities. Come hungry and leave happy, because there's no shortage of French food all weekend. Then dance the night away on Friday with Gary T, Rough and Ready and Dream Junkies. On Saturday, it's Ryan Foray and the Foray Tradition, Chubby Carrier, Shorts in December, and Contraflow. On Sunday, it's Waylon Thibodeau and Benjamin Bruce and the Acadians. The French Food Festival, 307 East 5th Street in LaRose. Welcome back to Play by Play. We go to the first of three call-in guests on today's show, and it's one of our favorites. It's Jesse Turner with Covenant Christian Academy. His team is heading towards a big week eight, ma- week eight matchup with Ascension Catholic. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. Good. Look, we had you on last week, and you were telling us how it was a big, big game for your team, uh, taking on Highland Baptist, trying to snap a losing streak. You guys go on the road, take care of business, get a 34-7 to win, get back up on the horse a little bit. Talk about the way the guys play, man. Yeah, like I said last week, man, it's, it's always tough, you know, especially when you lose four straight, right? And you, you forgot how that winning smells, uh, smells like. And uh, so at the end of the day, my guys, we came off the bus. We were ready to play, you know, from the start to the finish. Uh, so I was definitely proud of my guys. But at the end of the day, we still haven't really played uh, a brand of football that I know we can play. So – Hopefully, you know, we got three games left for the regular season. Hopefully we can start trending in that direction, before, you know, before playoffs, and, and hopefully we get a shot to, to get into the playoffs, you know, finishing strong, uh, finish, finish strong these last three games. But, uh, you know, we're still working. we still got a long way to go. Um, but, you know, every day, every day is important for us. What was the flow of the game like? Did you guys jump on them early, or did you kind of pull away late? Give us a rundown of how that game actually went for you guys. We, we jumped on them early. Uh, once we started getting going, like the first drive, I, we didn't score. Uh, we went four and out. Uh, and then uh, we, we scored, you know, a few consecutive uh, drives. Uh, defense played really well. You know, the, we only allowed a touchdown in the full quarter toward the end of the game where we kind of made some subs. Um, but, you know, we were definitely running the ball well, and, and that's something that we, we want to do moving forward, just just pounding, pounding the ball, pounding the ball. Landon Winslow had 187 yards. And Connor Lally had 100 over 100 yards. We had two backs over 100 yards. Uh, so that's that's the type of identity that we want to have moving forward, especially as this uh, weather change. We want to run the ball. You know, we we want to we want to move guys off the off the line of scrimmage and uh, be able to move the ball for us and ahead of the change with the run game. So that was uh, the biggest thing for us. It just uh, you know we still continue to make uh, silly mistakes, penalties, putting us behind the chains a little bit. Uh, so we definitely got to clean that up and practice this day. We definitely going to emphasize that. Bro, you guys have so much to play for here in the final three games yeah. of the season. I'm looking at it right now. You guys are number 17 in the Division Four select side. And looking yeah. at your opponents, you got a five-win Ascension Catholic team, a five-win Generette team, then a four-win Centerville team. So that's an opportunity to earn a bunch of power points. And, dude, if you go 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, you're definitely going to be at home and you're going to be one of the better seeds. So, bro... These are some critical, critical games coming up for the Lions, man. 
It it is, it is, man. And uh, look, you you putting a little bit more on my plate, man. Just by you saying it, just hearing it, man. And uh, you know, it, it's 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 hard, man. It, it's hard because you definitely want to finish strong and you want to get a good seed. But you know, my philosophy, I tell you, I tell you all the time, man. Just take it day by day, take it game by game. Uh, right now, all we can focus on is what we can control. And today's practice is a, is a big practice for us. Uh, Tuesday, you know, that's when we get after it a little bit. So. That's what we got to control right now, and whatever the season is after after this week and after the next week and after the next week, you know it, we can't control that. All we can control is our effort, and uh, today we got to have a great practice for sure. Man, I have seen Ascension Catholic in their scrimmage. They came down yeah. in scrimmage. HL Bourgeois. I was super impressed by their the size of their playmakers. Ooh. They got some big old receivers, big old tight ends. How do you guys keep them from getting out into open space on Friday? <laughs> Oh man, uh, the really what's really impressive on film is the size of the up front. Right? Sure. they're they're really big, uh, and they got you know a couple a couple guys up there on the stuff on the D line who who can cause havoc, who can get penetration, and who can mess up a flow of offense. So we can control them a little bit, and like I said before, just just establish some type of run game to where we can control the pace of the game. I think we'll be okay. And on the defensive side of the ball, they they got they got a number two. He plays running back, right? And if we can get him to stop his feet in the backfield, we don't want him to get three yards, four yards upfield untouched because any great back who who get to that level, um, they're going to make a play. He, he tackle, he's going to bounce off the of tackles, and he he's he going to make plays. So if we can get him to stop his feet in the in the, in the backfield and force him to pass the ball a little bit, get the ball out of his hands, keep them behind the chains. We got a shot, you know. But this is this is a tough team. Attention is. It's a real, real tough team. Um, our job is to go out there and just compete the best way we can and, and see how the school board you know, is after the game. But if we can control the run game, do a little bit up front, uh, stay ahead of the chains and get that running back to stop their feet and force them to pass the ball a little bit, I, you know, we got a chance. Coach, with three games left to go in your season, uh, do you adjust like practice times or uh, pads on in practice? Uh, just talk to us about how you uh, – adjust practices toward the end of the season compared to the beginning of the season? Well, well, it's a little different, you know, especially with individual time. And, uh, you know, the guys, you know what your guys can do. You know, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, we had a coaches meeting. And I, you know, I told my coaches, I don't want to come back to a Saturday meeting and telling me that this guy can't do this, he's not getting the job done because we've been hearing it for the last six, seven weeks, right? So at the end of the day, we know we, we, know we have – um, so we just got to build on that, focus on our kids' strengths, and we just got to focus on that, focus on that, and put our guys in the best position possible uh, to be successful. So practice is a little, you know, it's more mental than anything, especially when you're going against an essential Catholic team who, who uh, you know, their, their front is a little different from, you know, the team we played in the past. So it's more mental to where the kids can go out there and play fast. And like I said, we just got to put them in the right position um, to, to make plays. So, you know, we, we do take a little bit of the pass off, um, take a little bit of the banging out because we do, we do got some guys banged up typical at this time of the season. Um, but, you know, we still got to get after it. But, of course, man, it, it, it is a little different uh, than week one of practice for sure. Sounds like a winner, Coach. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck on Friday, bro. Thank you, man. Yep, that is Coach Jesse Turner doing a good job as always. One of my favorite calling guests. We love having him on. He did such a great job at Ellender, continuing that train rolling at Covenant Christian. And, man, there's not very many teams in the area that have as much to play for and as much to gain in the final three weeks as they do. They're sitting at number 17 right now. That's the last road team in the bracket. 
Um, but when you face a five-win team, a five-win team, and then a four-win team, if you go two and one or three and zero, oh, you're gonna <laughs> skyrocket. Um, but on the flip side to that, if you go zero oh and three, you might fall out of the top twenty-four altogether. Um, so yeah, they're in a spot right now where these last three games are gonna tell the tale. I saw Ascension Catholic with my own eyes. That's a really, really good football team. Jenneret and Centerville. Um, looking at some of the common opponents, those will be evenly matched. Those will be coin toss, you know, flip of the coin type games. It's going to be fun to see. It's going to be very fun to see how uh, how CCA finishes out. I know Jesse's going to have them ready to go, though. Yeah, and I liked what he said in that interview about his Saturday morning meetings with his coaches. Don't come in and tell me this guy can't do this now at this point of the season. I was like that uh, with basketball, coaching at South, where I, you know coaches would come in and say, oh, my goodness, we, we can't do this. I don't want to hear Why that. not? <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> yes, that's what we're here for. So don't come in and, and say that after. It's a good point. And look, at this time of the season, South Lafourche last week beat a three-win team. They got schedule points, jumped up what ten spots? Ten spots, yeah. So yeah, so if you come around the uh, in a bunch of uh, teams together, a, a win, a four or five-win team right now at this point of the season, that's huge. I was asked to list the top five teams in every classification by a listener, so I'll do that right now. Division one non-select, your top five is Ruston, number one, Neville, number two, Santamont, number three, Airline, number four, Walker, number five. Division two non-select, Lutcher is number one, West Feliciana, number two, North DeSoto, number three, Wasman, number four, Albany, number five. Assumption, by the way, is number six, knocking on that door. Division three non-select, Gina is number one, seven and zero. St. James number two, Sterlington number three, Pine number four, and Union Parish number five. Union Parish is always in the dome. Uh, Division four non-select. Kentwood is number one, Logansport number two, Haynesville number three, Generet number four, Oak Grove number five. Then we go to the private school side of things. The select schools. Division one select. Who would have thought in a loaded Division one select with Carr, Curtis, Holy Cross, Rumble, Acadiana? That it would be Captain Shreve, who's number one right now with a six six and one record. Number two, Holy Cross. Number three, Brother Martin. Number four, Karen Crow. Number five, Catholic of Baton Rouge. Uh, Division two, select. We've got the EDY Cardinals in there. They're sitting at number four. But first, St. Thomas Moore's number one. Lafayette Christian, number two. John F. Kennedy, number three. E.D. White, number four. And Turlings Catholic, number five. Division three, select. St. Charles, no big surprise. They're number one. Calvary Baptist, number two. Isidore Newman, number three. University Lab, number four. And Darbone Woods Charter, number five. And last but not least, Division Four select St. Mary's, number one. Vermilion Catholic, number two. St. Martin Episcopal, number three. Riverside, number four. And a Watchdog Christian, number five. So that's your top five in each of our eight classifications. And I was going to ask you uh, if <clears throat> any of those teams were not undefeated. And I think one for sure you had mentioned – the record on one of them had one loss, but oh well, look, division probably not many undefeated, huh? Yeah, D- division four non-select, none of them in the top five are undefeated. Kentwood six and one, Logansport wow. six and one, Haynesville six and one, Generet five and two, Oak Grove five and two. Uh, division two, Gina's undefeated. I'm assuming division three, Gina's undefeated. Division two, um, nobody. There's not a single division two non-select team that's undefeated. Division one, we've got some undefeated teams, but they're down there. Destrahan's number seven, East St. John's number eleven, Santamont number three is undefeated. Rustin number one is undefeated. Um, Division one select, Karen Crow and Carr are both undefeated. 
Division II select E.D. White and St. Thomas More are undefeated. And Division Three select, you got three teams, St. Charles, Calvary, and Isidore Newman. So, oh, I'm sorry, Darbon, which Charter, and Bunky are both also undefeated. Wow, I would have thought we had more undefeated, but that's... Yep, not a whole lot of teams that uh, that have those that O next to their name, right? And that's a, something that you definitely want to protect. Um, quick shout-out um, to... I want to make sure that I get the name right. Uh, Colin Showalter, the injured Golden Medal middle school football player who was stretchered off out at E.D. White on Thursday. Boy, God is good all the time. He is cleared medically and will play tonight as Golden Medal takes on Lockport. Never would have thought that um, he would be able to be back in action in that short of a turnaround. Uh, but certainly amazing news to hear that Colin's going to be out there, will be out there as well. Um, it was a scary situation on Thursday, but apparently the young man just had like a stinger. And uh, good to go tonight. Love to see it. And look, give, give credit to the, the Golden Medal coaching staff. They they handled that situation flawlessly. I mean, it, it was uh, you, you had your guys on the sideline you have to worry about, your injured guy, uh, getting in touch with the parents and – and, and all this stuff. And I think they did a super job yep, I agree. In, in handling that situation. I agree. No doubt. Very, very well said. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to the birthday boy. Uh, we've got Coach Brody Williams who will be lined up. It is his birthday today. We'll talk with him about Tarpon football. But we'll also chat with him about Tarpon basketball because it is that time of the year. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Welcome back to play-by-play here on this Tuesday. Casey just clear here with Coach Brian Colley in the studio. Hope you guys are enjoying your day as much as we are. Man, you couldn't 
script a prettier southeast Louisiana weather day. The temperature's going to be about 70, a little breeze blowing. It's going to be a great day to have a football practice. We talked to South LaFouche offensive line coach uh, Brody Williams on the line now. Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? I'm doing well, Casey. How y'all doing? Doing good, bro. Um, we are now in the stretch run of the football season. You guys are coming off of a win against Morgan City. Maybe wasn't the best that the Tarpons have ever played, but you go on the road and get a district win. You can never be too dissatisfied with that. Talk about the way you guys played against Morgan City on Friday, bro. Yeah, I thought we came out, uh, you know, firing in all cylinders, and we we had a good offensive possession, and we it looked early on that we were going to score a lot of points, but then you know, hats off to Morgan City, they adjusted and they kind of did something that that you know we struggled with in the past too. People. People play us man to man. People play us man to man, and uh, they uh, they load up the box and stop our run game a little bit. And that's kind of what they did. They put seven to eight people in the box and end up our outside receivers, and we struggled a little bit. But second half, I think we uh, we settled down. We talked to them. Look, just play our game, and and then uh, and I'll satisfy a win to win. Dude, you guys are starting some really young players on that offensive line, and it's really impressive to me how much that group has come along despite the youth. So, man, look, I'm sure you got to be awfully proud of the boys, and then also in the back of your mind think, hey, up front, we're going to be good for a while, man, because we're really young. Yeah, that's something we talk about a lot. Is, you know, It's kind of a blessing and a curse on when you're young. They might make some young mistakes, but, um, but they've been holding up their own. You know, been on the varsity level, Carter Colley and uh, and Bo George is a true freshman, and then you got uh, a sophomore in there. And really, next year we're only going to be losing two two seniors. So, and one guy was starting. He started for some games, Maurice a lot. So, we're really going to have four people returning, and we 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 like that. We think the next couple of years we're really going to be able to run the ball because we got good running back. We're going to have a pretty good offensive line, and. Um, that's something we're going to be probably hanging our hat on in the next couple of years. And, you know, having Coach uh, Rake with us there has been helping out tremendously. You know, have two eyes on the offensive line, and uh, that's a position that's hard to watch, just one person. And uh, having two of us really watch them, we get to really get them better each day. So I think that, um, that they, you know, hats off to them stepping up. That's impressive as a 14-year-old playing on the varsity level. So uh, looking forward to the years to come for sure. Yeah, no doubt, dude. And look, you know this. I mean, yeah, blocking is probably the most important thing on any run play, but the running back also has to have that vision to see the hole, wait for the hole to develop, and be patient. And, bro, Brian and I talk about this all the time. Meathead has gotten so much more patient. He's running harder. You could tell that he's just more confident and understands now, hey, I could do this. And, boy, in the last couple of weeks, he's been very impressive. Yeah, I think that like not only the scheme, but just understanding – when you when a certain when a defense moves a certain way, where it's going to open up, you know, like just like an offensive line reads the defense, you know, the the, the running back got to read like the action key where he's going to move. If he goes outside, he goes inside. He goes inside, he goes outside. And uh, Coach Boudreaux was talking to me about it. He's starting to click for him. Like he's starting to understand it and see the big picture. And you can tell because once you you see the big picture and then you understand it, you you uh you know you play a lot quicker because you have a free mind. So. I think that's what he's starting to do, and he's having some success. And, again, he's young. He's going to be with us for two more seasons after this one. Uh, I'm looking forward. He's going to be a really good uh, top football player in the future. What do you see from St. Louis? Obviously, they've got a great record coming in, 6-1. and one. 
Um, don't know a whole lot about them. I know we made the trip out there last year. The Tarpons actually played them really well for about two and a half, three quarters, and the, the air kind of came out the balloon. What are some of the things they do well, and what are some of the things the Tarpons are going to have to do well to combat that? Yeah, they, they're um, they're very disciplined and they're they're well coached. They don't do a whole, you know, teams in the past we played that they do a bunch of stuff on defense. They throw different fronts at you. They do different slants and different blitzes. They don't really do any of that from what I saw on the on the on their defensive side of the ball. But they're going to be really good. They you know they play one kind of defense. But they get really, really good at it. So they really sound. They got some, uh, you know, the defensive line's not very big, but they're all the same type of kid, about six, six foot, 210, you know, six foot, 215, 210. Uh, and they very well coached. Uh, we, we're going to have to, I think, Kate can't have a bunch of drop balls and missed assignments. We have to play really sound as well. Uh, I think we can compete with them. I know their, their record, you know, is pretty impressive, but. When you look at you know teams they play, teams we played, it's it's not that far off, and uh, I think we're going to be able to compete and and win the game. We're just going to have to play sound, not make many mistakes. Uh, I think we'll be able to stop them on defense, offensively. If we can establish the run game, we're going to be all right. If we can't establish the run game, it's going to be tough for us. So uh, being able to run the ball is going to help us open up the passing game, which. Uh, it, it's open. They don't play, you know, man. They play their one defense. We we find a lot of openings in the zone, but if we can't run the ball, it's gonna, we're gonna struggle. So we gotta run the ball and we gotta play sound uh, and play discipline and not have any mistakes. Yeah, very well said. Oh, look, before we let you go, man, um, I know that it's a busy time of the year for you pulling double duty. You're in the middle of a playoff chase for football, but we're already now across the date where you guys are able to do basketball practices. What's Tarpon basketball doing, if anything, right now, brother? Yeah, we uh we started practice begin uh, last week, and we we only have about five kids that are not playing other sports. So we only have five kids that we and what we do we just get some shooting in. We we do some uh some skill work. We end you know, hour hour and a half, sometimes a little longer, but some conditioning, just making sure that when, when the season comes around, you know they know what's going on, they sharp. But most of our other kids, uh, I'd say. 18 of them all play other sports in the fall, which is good. You know, they're getting stronger. They get, you know, dual sport athletes always good, but uh, it's not much we could do in terms of like team and putting in our offense and putting in our defense yet because we can't really scrimmage. So just a lot of skill work and shooting and, um, you know, conditioning right now. Sounds like winter, bro. Well, look, man, thanks so much for the time and happy birthday, man. Hope you have a great day, partner. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yep. That's Coach Brody Williams doing a great job as always. Um, he said uh, some things that were interesting there. Uh, he said, hey, man, if we run the ball, I think we'll have a chance to compete. I think our defense matches up well with St. Louis. Um, and look, dude, I, I don't think that's that's coach speak, right? I think that the Tarpons genuinely believe that. Uh, it's a St. Louis team that, yeah, they're really good. They're 6-1. and one. They come in playing some good ball. The schedule hasn't necessarily been the best. But the one thing that was really interesting to me that he said he said they just kind of play their base defense all game, and they just have mastered and perfected that. Boy, it's working. The most they've given up this year is 21. So um, excited to see them come into town on Friday. Should be a great test, and it's a huge PowerPoint game for the Tarpons. You win that one. You talked about the big leap you made last week. You win that one. You can maybe be knocking on the door, being in the top 16 perhaps, and maybe even having an outside chance at hosting a playoff game. So um, big game for South Lafouche on Friday for sure. Could be a, a quick game. If both teams trying to establish a run, 
uh, off of last year's team, St. Louis lost their quarterback and their receivers. They concentrated more on a run team this year. They try and establish a run. Also, they like to run and pound the ball at you. So it could be a, a fairly fast-moving game if both teams want to establish the run. We will uh, ask B.J. Young tomorrow in his weekly interview about an injury update. We had heard, and this is just kind of hearing through the grapevine, that the guy – well, actually, no, we didn't hear from the grapevine. B.J. told us on Saturday, so never mind, I stand corrected. And uh, we'll ask him for an update again tomorrow. But he told us on Saturday on the Sports Corner that he anticipates Carmadale, Otan, and Nelson to all be back on Friday. Um, that's huge, man. I mentioned this whenever I was writing about the game. Small community school, you need them all. Um, you need Otan out there. You need Nelson out there. You need Carmadale out there. And assuming that there's been no setbacks and they're all able to go, it's going to be a big boost to that Tarpon defense. Yeah, and it helps you depth-wise. Plus, you get your starters back. They start for a reason, okay? They're not knocking anyone, but they, they start us for a reason. And at least you're going to get some more depth back, which will help you uh, in the long run. Yeah, no doubt about that. So that one will be coming up on Friday. Um, a great opportunity for South Lafouche there. Before we catch a break and go to Andrew Kiwet, I want to shout out the South Lafouche volleyball team. Um, they are white hot. They started off the season 1-11. and now they're 15 and 16. So you do that math. They're 14 and 5 in their last 19 matches. Uh, they've got a five game winning streak and they've won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 11 out of their last 13 matches, including a 4 and 0 showing at a tournament out in Morgan City this past weekend where they beat Westlake, who's a 15 and 10 club, beat Franklin, beat West St. Mary, who's 8 and 10, beat Acadiana, who's 8 and 14, all of them in straight sets. So the Lady Tarpons earned a ton of power points this weekend and as a result they were in the 20s right but as a result they're in the teens now and have an opportunity to maybe host an opening round match they're sitting at number 15 right now playoff started today you would be at home taking on north vermilion so kudos to coach Jeremy and her staff for an excellent job um also want to shout out tarpon cross country uh boys and girls great performances this weekend uh winning uh the, the meet there uh that they competed in uh, great showing all around, and I'm sure Tarpon Swimming doing great work as well. Uh, it's been a good start to the athletic year for South. Yeah, I got some individual results for cross country. First place was Joshua Gidry, fifth place, Bo Gidry, seventh place, Kevin Gisclair, tenth place was Gavin Kiger, eleventh place, John Arrington, twelfth place, Cesar Gonzalez, and in fifteenth place was uh, Dax Gidry. I was on a varsity level. That's awesome. The uh, girls, JV first was Bailey Lede. Jetsemini Diaz was in second and third, Estrella Rivera. So good on them. That's, that's great work, and that's awesome to see. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to the phone lines for the last time today, and we'll have HL Bourgeois boys basketball coach slash athletic director coach Andrew Cayouet on the line. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. 
Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit Septic at Viscom.net. That's Septic at Viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. The LaRose Civic Center presents the annual French Food Festival, October 27th through the 29th, featuring carnival rides, games, crafters, auctions, and kids' activities. Come hungry and leave happy, because there's no shortage of French food all weekend. Then dance the night away on Friday with Gary T, Rough and Ready and Dream Junkies. On Saturday, it's Ryan Foray and the Foray Tradition, Chubby Carrier, Shorts in December and Contraflow. On Sunday, it's Waylon Thibodeau and Benjamin Bruce and the Acadians. The French Food Festival, 307 East 5th Street in LaRose. Crazy to think that we're already towards basketball season, but I look at the calendar and it says October 17th, and on social media I saw some promotions for some Hall of Fame games and everything coming up. So we're here, and we go to the phone lines. We have HL Bourgeois Boys Basketball Coach and Athletic Director Coach Andrew Cayuet on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Great, great. How you been, Case? Good, man. Doing good. Um, look, it's it's that fun time. You guys are on the practice court. Um now I know that your uh, logistics are not ideal because you're sharing with volleyball, and you know you got a lot of moving parts. You got a lot of your kids probably playing football, but to have the kids together and be able to get more work in, I'm sure it's something that's very welcome. How practice has been so far at HL Bourgeois? Practice has been outstanding. Uh, every time we get on a practice court, I'm telling you, I don't think we've had a bad practice yet. The the problem, like you said, and and look back in the day when I first got in and had one gym, I really don't know how we juggled it so well. Uh, but, you know, obviously with one gym right now, uh, volleyball gets first priority. So girls and boys basketball come after that. So the good thing is I got a great girls basketball coach in Dylan Anderson who happened to play for me, and, and we're doing a great job sharing and working together. And basically what I told him was I said, look, you know, I said, we got – Tuesdays, Thursdays, basically volleyball. So I said, let's not split it up Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, because I can't practice on Friday with football. And uh, so I said, let's 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 do Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, so we got the Tuesday, Wednesday. So I think we're fortunate because basically we've been practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, with an occasional Thursday practice when when volleyball is away, and uh, then we've been practicing Saturdays and Sundays. So it just, look, I mean, in my athletic director duties, just like this, for instance, this past weekend, we had alumni softball, so I was out at the park all weekend, so we couldn't practice this weekend. So, but look, when we there, it's going really well. Look, I'm juggling right now. I'm, I'm writing my weight workout for, for right after this right now. Uh, doing that, I'm going to a meeting right after I get off the phone with you. So, I mean, it's just 
welcome to the life of an AD. That's just the way it is. <laughs> no doubt about that, man. Look, you told me over the summer that uh, you know Drew was doing a lot of the weight and strength and conditioning. You got the kids on the floor. How, are you seeing some of those gains out there, man? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, we got – and look, this doesn't mean anything, but the the – and some of these, some of these kids are still in football, but the 13 kids I see as what will probably comprise our varsity right now. And, and you could change your opinion on that as it goes once you get those kids. But I'm gonna tell you, probably if we had if we had one guy throwing it down last year, that was a lot. And we probably got, and we, you know, we got most of the same guys back this year. We probably got eight or nine out of that thirteen just throwing it down right now, and that just tells you your athleticism. Uh, I took we got that really good sophomore group, and I took that group uh, to Lafayette to showcase, and those all three kids just wowed everybody over there. And I had one kid in particular; he had one game where he's and, and it was. You know, the same thing, the, the 18, 20-minute running time games, just like a summer league game. And he had like something like 12, 14 points in a game and four of them were dunks over guys. And and that kid's 6'1", maybe 6'2". And uh, that just that just tells you where our athleticism is. And I'm really excited. I actually had a chat with Sterling the other day just to, and just to see where we were and everything. And I told him, I said, Coach, I'm really excited because I think we're going to finally – be able to press again because we're just we're just so cat quick um i think we have a chance to be pretty good uh you know how good we'll be only time will tell but but if we're not good it's our own fault this year because we're set up and we've paid the dues and paid the ways and and i tell you something i'm real proud of is we didn't have a really good year last year but you saw us a lot and you saw us get better and better and better throughout the year and, and I pride our coaching staff on that, along with the kids, for not giving up, not giving in. But when you work hard, good things are going to happen. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm real excited. You'll probably hear it in my voice. I'm real excited about this year coming up. One thing that's really interesting about your schedule as I look at it, man, you guys are barely ever at home, bro. You got your home tournament December the 7th through the 9th. Other than that, I count one, two, three, four, five, six home games uh, – Road Warriors, Bubba. You guys are going to be playing a ton of road games this year. Well, and if you know anything about the way I schedule, I always schedule tough. And and as you as you get a little bit better, I probably schedule a little bit tougher. We hadn't been to the Natchitoches tournament probably since COVID. We're going back up there this year. Uh, the Santa Mar tournament is is phenomenal. You're going to play teams like you're going to see teams like Santa Mar, Scotlandville, um, Denham Springs, and I. I like exposing our kids to things that they don't normally see. We picked up uh, we picked up Salmon after playing Slidell for years. Uh, we we always played Jesuit. We picked up Vanderbilt. I think that's going to be a great game for the local folks to see. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, before we let you go, uh, you guys got about oh two three weeks left before you know you're starting the jamborees and the scrimmages and everything. What are some things that you're hoping to see from your group to let you know, hey, we're ready from this. We're ready for the start of the season. Uh, we're ready right now. Um, not, I'm not trying to say that cocky, but we're ready because I'm not going to put in a ton, a ton of stuff. We we put it. We put in uh, one series of pressure along with our press break the other day, 
and honestly, it looked really good. And uh, and we've got to put in our our other main series today. In fact, with another set of uh, press break, and uh, you know, we got to still put in our zone stuff. Uh, you know, if you know me, we're predominantly man to man, so it just comes natural. I, I'm gonna tell you something that I changed up uh, recently. I've always been a sectional practice guy and, and doing doing various sections within practice. And always done uh, the individual stuff and the team stuff at the end. And I, I'm a guy, I tell my guys, look, and, and like today, we got the practice court from 2.30 to 4.30. So I know we have to be off the court at 4.30, and I want to install some stuff today. So I started this, I think, last week. And I, to- I talked to Drew, and I said, look, this might sound crazy. I don't think the kids are going to mind. And, and I sold them on the fact. And uh, we, we actually do our team stuff first after we do our warm-up, and then we save our individual stuff for the end. And not that the individual stuff is not important, it's vital, but in the installation part of your year, you got to make sure you're installing. And uh, so I, I really think that that really aided to us having a great practice. And, and then it got to the end, and I, I kind of picked and choose, you know, a couple of things out of maybe the four individual things we had left. So I just thought that was pretty powerful because we got to everything we really wanted to get to that day. So I'm going to ask you to be an AD for a second. We had the vote a couple weeks ago where we're going to stick with the newly redefined definition of what a select school is. Look, um, we, we could all have our different opinions and different thoughts on what it should look like, but given the two options that you guys were voting on, I think the right option prevailed. Do you agree? Oh yeah, that's that's the one that I voted for, and I mean, and I talked to my principal and assistant principal, and I told them that's the way I was going to vote, and they both, uh, you know, enthusiastically agreed with me. Look, of the cho- I, I think uh, the principal from Lincoln Preparatory School, I believe it was. He's I, I've heard him, you know, the last four or five years at, at the LHSA meetings, and he speaks a lot of of he's very intelligent, speaks a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, to, to, to not quote him, but to tell basically what he said, he said, look, this other thing didn't work before. And I'm not saying that this, what we're in now is perfect, but it's better than the alternative. So let's go with this until we find something <laughs> else. So it's almost like telling your kids, you know, your personal kids, look, before you quit a job, make sure you got another job. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, there's probably few people that, feel and believe like me the old school guys i say put everybody back together but but the younger coaches don't want to hear that but you know what if you're good enough you're good enough i mean we we went to the finals when everything was together i'm not scared of anybody and you shouldn't be scared of anybody and and you you know the old saying you got to play the best to be the best and you know what it, it just especially in a sport like basketball, because, look, basketball is a cyclical thing. And and notice in the area how every few years, you know, somebody's really, really good and makes a run. And you know what? It, it, it's, it is what it is. And I may never win a state championship, but that's the goal every year. And you just strive to get and do as well as you can for your kids because it's, it's not about me. It's not about Brian when he was coaching. It's about those kids and trying to get them better and, trying to make them better human beings in the long run. 
Yep, for sure. Very well said, brother. We thank you so much for the time. And, uh, we'll, you know, now that it's basketball time, we'll have you on way more often. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep, that is Coach Andrew Kiowet. I think the Braves are poised to make a big leap forward. I love what he said there. He said, if, if we're not good, it, it, it's my fault because we should be with everything that we have back. Um, he said they're ready to go right now. The only challenge that I could see getting in the way of HL Bourgeois is a brutal schedule. They're going to be playing the best of the best. Um, so maybe they'll take some lumps early. It'll be a matter of how well he keeps everyone together if the season starts off kind of slow. Um, but the Braves have a ton of talent, man, and I think they're going to bounce back from last year really strong. And he talked about last year they started off slow, but that team got better and better as the season went on. And what the one thing I got out of that where it, it's scary for other teams that he's going to be able to press again. Because <laughs> last year's team, Casey, they struggled pressing, and they tried at times. And they struggled because they couldn't rotate yep. fast enough to get to the middle. And a lot of these passes that teams were making the year before, they were stealing. And they just couldn't do it. They weren't quick enough or for whatever reason. And now he's saying they can press again. Watch out. Do you like the new rule change where 5000 a quarter is a bonus as opposed to seven and a half? No. You don't like it? No. I, and look, and it, it – Coaches are going to love it when they win toward the end of the game, and they're not going to like it if they play and catch up. It, it is what it is, but um, I don't. I don't know if that is is that going to speed the game up or. I think it's or, going to help the teams like Bourgeois and Ellender who are going to want to press. I mean, because before Ellender gets into some early foul trouble in the first quarter, they can't press again until the third quarter. Now they could press again at the start of the second quarter. I think it's going to be an advantage to the teams that play a faster pace. And if I, I'm and I'm playing Ellen and Bourgeois, I get in the bonus quicker if they foul me. So if I can make free throws early, yeah, they might have some guys that can come back. But if they keep fouling, I'm gonna be at the free throw line more often. And you know, my theory: if you make more free yeah. throws than your opponents take, you you win the game many times. So. Uh, I, I can see how, if I was still coaching, I'd try to work that to my advantage where get me to the free throw line more. The thing that I don't like about it, and I don't, I don't mind the rule change, but I don't like that one-and-one one has completely gone away. I mean, that was that was a big part of the end of some games. Like, you got to make that first shot, earn that second shot. Now every bonus free throw is going to be two shots, and uh, I don't know that I necessarily like that part of it. I don't know how you would have fixed it, but I don't like that part. Yeah, I, I don't like that part of it, and uh, now – if you're holding on to a lead, it's just got to tell your guy, look, give me one. Yeah, just make one of two. No pressure. Just make one, right? You know, and because you, you're getting that second shot regardless. So um, we'll see how people are going to adjust to it. It's going to be an adjustment for everybody. And um, we'll see as long as the shot clock stays where it's at in a closet <laughs> somewhere. I don't think we're going to have that anytime no, soon. I don't believe. Let's catch a break when we get back. Uh, I'm going to talk about Monday Night Football, but boy, there's some interesting stuff to talk about, including a Major League Baseball player who retired yesterday and then went scorched earth on his former team owner. We'll talk about that and more. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business. 
Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVAC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Welcome back to Play by Play. We're rocking out with some Seth Rollins here on this Tuesday. Uh, we will talk about Monday Night Football in just a second. We will talk about Thursday Night Football coming up in just a second. Um, but boy, <laughs> um, we had some interesting news in the MLB. Uh, this morning, Trevor May, who's a veteran relief pitcher, he is 34 years old. He had 21 saves last season, 3.28 ERA for the Oakland Athletics. Career 4.24 ERA. Um, so, I mean, he wasn't like a world-beater good pitcher, but he was a solid, steady reliever throughout the course of his career. He retired today. Okay, why are you talking about a, a average relief pitcher's retirement? Well, he announced his retirement on Twitch, which is a streaming service, and he said, all right, I'm not playing anymore, and basically said to hell with it. He, When talking about Oakland Athletics owner John Fisher, he said, Sell the team, dude. Sell it. Let someone who actually likes and takes pride in the things that they own, own something. There's actually people who give a bleep about the game. Let them do it. Take your mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, you dork. 
about his previous owner? Yes. Oh. Not not too thrilled with the Oakland Athletics. Wow. And then he continued, he said, if you're going to be a greedy mother bleeper, there's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. Do what you're going to do, bro. Whether you're a billionaire, they exist. You guys have all this power. You shouldn't have any because you didn't earn any of it. It's all from your parents. But anyway, whatever. So apparently his time in Oakland was not um, <laughs> not very well spent and was not all that pleasing to him. Um in the NFL, we've got some bad injury news. Anthony Richardson of the Indianapolis Colts will be out for the season, according to their owner, Jim Ursay. So one of the rookie quarterbacks from this class is going to miss the rest of the season with shoulder surgery. The Colts will turn it over to Gardner Minshew for the rest of the year. And then also some LSU women's basketball news. Um, the Lady Tigers, no surprise. They're number one in the country to start the season, preseason number one. Um, they got 29 of 32 first place votes in the coaches poll, 35 of 36 first place votes in the AP poll. Uh, the Tigers are heading into a season where their roster is absolutely loaded to the gills. They start on November the 6th. Um, so we got that LSU news. And then we've also got something really cool out of LSU, which is that Kim Mulkey apparently two months ago tried to get championship rings for what she calls her dream team, it's a bunch of 10, 12 uh, guys that are on the campus that scrimmage against the girls um, every practice. Apparently, it's an NCAA violation to give championship rings to people like that that are not officially part of the team. I don't know how she did it. I don't know if she came out of pocket or whatever, but yesterday they did give championship rings to those gentlemen. Much deserved. She said, hey, you guys are a huge part of our team. We had to get this done. And then the last Lady Tiger piece of news, Angel Reese signed a, a contract today to be the brand spokesperson for the newly relaunched Reebok, which is being run by Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq said there's no one doing more for basketball right now than Angel Reese. we got to get the GOAT signed up. So Angel Reese has a shoe deal, adding to her huge offseason the Lady Tigers open up their season November the 6th against number 20 Colorado in a game that you'll be able to watch on TNT. There's a lot of people that are really excited. They want to see this. It's going to be uh, it's going to either be good or bad, obviously. I don't know how they're going to handle all the egos or whatever, but it's going to be entertaining nonetheless. Can't wait to watch Coach Mulkey and the team get after it. Yeah, and what a, a great gesture giving uh, those rings to her dream team. That's just a, a, a great move because people don't see – all the things that go on behind, you know, behind closed doors or behind the scenes, and that, that's just great that she gets them uh, those rings. Monday night football last night, the Cowboys got a twenty to seventeen win over the Chargers. Start off slow, Chargers um, force the Cowboys punt, then go right down the field and score, make it seven nothing, and all of a sudden it's like, what's going on here? Uh, but the Cowboys steady the ship, get a fourth quarter touchdown from Brandon Cooks, and then a, a thirty nine yard field goal from Brandon Aubrey to take a 20-17 to 17 lead. And then late in the game, Dallas generates a bunch of pressure. Micah Parsons sacks Justin Herbert in crunch time. They rush another throw, which Stephon Gilmore intercepts, and the Cowboys get a big bounce back win, 20-17. to 17. They're 4-2 and two on the year. Um, don't know what to make with these guys, man. Like, some weeks they're really good. Some weeks they're not. Um, a very inconsistent team. Prescott played well last night. Uh, he has his good games and his bad games. He was actually pretty good last night. He 21 of 30, 272 through the air with a touchdown. He also ran for a touchdown, rushed for 40 yards. 
They're the most confusing team in the NFL, man. I, I don't get it. Uh, you, you can never predict them from one week to the next. But yesterday, they took care of business and got a huge win, a much-needed win on the road against Los Angeles. Well, you just look at their expression after the game. Like, what a relief. They, yeah. they knew how big of a game this was early on in the season. And look, they went on the road, and, and they did what they had to do. No matter how it looked at times, they, they came away with that victory. And it was a, like a sense of relief from everyone for – uh, well, everyone with the Cowboys. Everyone wearing a Troy Aikman jersey. Yeah, see that. I um, I got something that I would like to say here, and boy, some people are gonna say that I'm crazy. Crazy. I don't think Justin Herbert's that good. I know that oh, he's the young quarterback. He's the new flavor. He's got a big arm. He's six five. He's six six. He's got a big, huge contact uh, contract. Uh, I don't. I don't see what everyone else sees. And and maybe it's because Kellen Moore, I think he's a dummy, quite frankly, and I think he might be watering down some things there. But last night, Herbert missed a couple of long passes that should have been touchdowns. I thought he was bailing out and trying to run too early on some other plays. We like to compare this dude to Joe Burrow a lot because they were in the same draft. Justin Herbert cannot hold a candle to Joe Burrow, brother. Sorry, just don't see it. No, but I, I would take uh, Herbert right now with the black and gold. Oh, I would I would take this Clover Valley 17 ounces of purified drinking water over what the black and gold has right now. I'm going to talk about them in the next segment. I got a stat to share with you that is unbelievable. Unbelievable how, how poor uh, that team looks right now. Um, so, you know, looking around the NFL right now, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, hey, the 49ers are not this team that's going to run through everybody like y'all think, and especially not if they kind of get beat up, which McCaffrey went down, Debo Samuel went down. There's a lot of people who are saying, hey, Philly, Jalen Hurts has seven interceptions already. Something looks off, and I agree with that, by the way. Something looks off in Philly right now. A new coordinator, that's what's off. Yeah, so something looks different there. The Lions might be the best team in the NFC, bro. They're 5-1. and one. They're just kind of quietly going about their business. They won a game at Kansas City earlier in the year. Their only loss was in overtime, beat up on Tampa Bay. Like Detroit might be the best team in the NFC, man, and no one's seeing it coming. That's crazy to say, to hear, but I think it may be true. Yeah, it's not that far-fetched, No. Uh, they've got everything rolling. They're playing at such a high level. Um Jared Goff is is playing exceptionally well. You know they're doing a lot of things well, and 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 they've got a big one coming up now. They're, they're playing the Ravens on the road on Sunday. If you win that one, and then you could say, "Hey, I beat the Chiefs and the Ravens both on the road." It's gonna be pretty hard to deny these guys at this point, man. Dan Campbell's a lot of things. He's goofy, you know. He's loud, and but those guys play for him. They love playing for him, and and it'll be. A very interesting test on Sunday taking on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see what Detroit's got. Yeah, look, I think they're going to go on the road and win. The Saints are um, a favorite against Jacksonville on Thursday. The line has shifted a little bit. New Orleans is now a three-point favorite. There are a lot of people that are saying that that might be an indication that Trevor Lawrence might not play Thursday. He was a non-participant on Monday's practice. He tweaked his knee, no structural damage, just kind of sore. Um, if Trevor Lawrence is not able to play, the backup quarterback for Jacksonville is a veteran who has some playing time, C.J. Beathard. He was with the 49ers for a while. He's 29. He's steady, but he's certainly going to be no Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, a big part of the NFL is luck. And let's be honest, and this is not to take anything away from New Orleans, if Trevor Lawrence does not play, that's just a lucky break, and you got to capitalize on that. If you get that lucky break, you got to beat these dudes at home, bro. <laughs> You've got to beat these dudes at home because that would be a really bad loss if not. <laughs> Look, uh, there's there's no telling what they're going to do on Thursday night, but you're right. If Lawrence doesn't play and you don't take advantage of First of all, you didn't take advantage of the first six games on your schedule where it was very, very favorable for you. You don't take advantage of that. Then if you don't take advantage, if Lawrence doesn't play, just, I mean, it's over. (laughs) It's over. Uh, It's hard to disagree. The only thing that gives you hope is that Every other NFC South team is just as bad as you are, man. I mean, they're, they're the leader in the division's three and two. There is Tampa Bay Bucks. Atlanta's three and three. You're three and three. The the Panthers are out there, zero and six. But you tell me who's the best of the three: Tampa, Atlanta, or New Orleans? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you would lean Tampa because they beat New Orleans bad. Um, but I don't know. I don't know definitively that they're the best team in that division. It's going to just come down to. Who stays the healthiest? Who gets a couple of lucky breaks and faces some backup quarterbacks? That's what's going to be with the sides of the South. And I mean, you would think. Just look at the quarterbacks. You would want to give the, I think, give the nod to Carr. Uh, like not the way he played, but I'm, let's say before the season. No, you, yeah. You get these three names. You would think, okay, Carr is going to have to be the better quarterback. And right now, I mean, you. It's it's crazy. I don't know. It's crazy. He's not moving the needle, and you're not running the ball. He's already been sacked 17 times. That doesn't help. Um, Michael Thomas is back and is actually playing okay, but he's not what he used to be. Surprising how quiet he is right now, the way they're playing. And he, he's he's very quiet. I, I someone would have someone had to have told him to tone it down, right? But it's like he's. You're right. He's not making an ass out of himself. It's the first time in his career that we could Maybe. say that. Um, yeah, something tells me they might have might have tried to tone him down a little bit. His agents probably said, look, just quiet. We're going to get you the hell out of here next year. <laughs> right, he is on just a one-year deal. <laughs> I'd be quiet. He is just on a one-year deal. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll keep the Saints talk rolling, and then we'll dive into maybe some MLB playoff stuff. But there's a stat that I saw on Twitter this morning that I had to look at twice, and it's about play calling, and it's about how far behind the rest of the NFL New Orleans is. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufreenlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. All your auto repairs for your first call should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop. Located at Highway 3235, 
in the road. They're established since 1997. Troy's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Troy's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me. Troy's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. So scrolling Twitter this morning, I saw a tweet from one of the football networks. Uh, let me see. This is uh, Patton Analytics that they evaluated every offensive play caller throughout the course of the NFL season. And they weighed the efficiency of the play calling, the personnel on the roster, and the opponents that you're facing. And the top play caller right now in the NFL, not surprising, is Mike McDaniel with the Miami Dolphins. Look at this chart here, okay? And I know that, again, this is not going to be great for the radio listening audience, but I will post this on social media if you guys want to see. Um, but I'm going to show it to Brian. Look at who's at the bottom of the chart and then look at how far on the bottom they are in the chart. Um, New Orleans is dead last, and they're dead last by a mile in terms of play-calling efficiency. They are double as yeah. bad as the team that is 31st in the NFL. I just don't know how in today's day and age you could see numbers like this, you could see statistics like this, you could see analytical data that shows you that not only are you the worst in the NFL, you are the worst in the NFL by a mile, and you're making little to no effort to change this. I hear fans all the time tell me, I don't have a problem with Dennis Allen. He's a defensive coach. The Saints' defense is good. Why do you want to get rid of him? Because part of your job as a head coach is to have talented people surrounding you. And when your offensive coordinator is 32nd and he's miles away from 31st, that's on you. You saw last year this offense ain't working. Why didn't you bring somebody else in then? Ran it back and just said, oh, it's because we didn't have a quarterback. We're apparently seeing that that's not the case now either because either Derek Carr got really bad overnight or this system is just rotten or it's a little bit of both. But, bro, that New Orleans, it was painful to see that. They are 32nd in the NFL by a mile 
They are so far behind everybody else in the league. Can't happen. That's inexcusable. That can't happen. If we can go back and look at Derek Carr with the Raiders, how many times he threw passes behind a scrimmage, and not a screen, I'm talking just the safety guy or whatever, you, you throw a pass behind the line of scrimmage or two, three, four-yard passes. When he was with the Raiders, how many times he's done that? You look at them play, he was throwing the ball downfield. Yeah. Now he comes with the Saints, and all of a sudden it's all it's check downs, this and that. And if Carmichael is calling a play and the quarterback continuously – checks out of it, and, and, and throws the check off or check down, whatever. He needs to stay, hey, you can't do that anymore. Throw the darn ball down the field. We third and whatever, third and six, throw a seven-yard pass. Don't every single time you throw the ball to Kamara in the backfield, hey, please go break a tackle and pick, the, uh, pick up the first down for us. Here, here's where I think, and, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. I've watched him try to throw deep a couple of times in the last week, and he doesn't have anything on his arm. I think that he physically can't do it, because I think his shoulder's screwed up. That's a great point. I, I, I agree with you. I think he is still hurting that he can't do it. And Well, then why is he out there? And then, then that becomes the second part of it is, you got a dude who, before the injury, wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire. Now he's playing hurt and getting beat up worse. And like he tried to stretch the field a couple of times on Sunday. There's so much air under the ball because he's just having to loft it out there that the defensive backs catch up and they either make a play or they intercept it. And I just don't think he's able to make all of the throws he needs to make right now. And I guess they're sticking with Carr because they have a backup who, like kind of my golf shot, if I'm aiming right, it might go left. Winston can throw the ball 50 yards downfield. If he's aiming left, it might end up right. <sighs> they got Jake Hayner back from suspension uh, today. Take him and his cup and just send him off somewhere. <laughs> There's no chance that we would ever see him play this year, right? I mean, he's missed so much time now. Like, it's going to be Carr or Winston. There's not. There's no Jake Hayner. Is that right? Vince McMahon? No chance. No chance. Yeah, no chance. The Saints injury report is extensive going into the matchup with Jacksonville. Derek Carr's listed as questionable. He's going to play. Alave's listed as questionable. Maybe a little more in the fence. Jawan Johnson listed as questionable. James Hurst questionable. Ryan Ramchak questionable. Andrew Speak questionable. Um, a lot of dudes that may or may not be available. Cam Jordan questionable. Teron Matthew questionable. Whew. How long has Derek Carr, he's been questionable for the last three weeks now? Every week since the injury, yeah. So if you're going to have someone questionable on the injury report, he's not 100% healthy. And they keep putting him in. They were doing the same thing to Winston last year until he finally got broken in half. Remember when Winston was playing with a broken back or whatever they said last year? Um, Poor Winston right now. He's like, please don't put me in. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get in. I'm good where I'm at complaining on the sideline. Um, what do you think happens? Do, do you think there's any possibility that they fire Carmichael in the middle of the year? No, uh, not no, I, I don't think fire him, but reassign him. In a sense, that might be if you if you say remove him from play calling. Uh, yes, I think there's a a possibility. Okay, that would happen. 
in your estimation, if things continue to go the way they are now, where the Saints are winning a few, losing a few, playing about 500 ball, maybe a little worse, will Dennis Allen be back next year? Will Gail Benson fire a 7-10 and 10 or an 8-9 and nine head coach and pay two coaches next year? Sadly, I don't think she will. I don't think she will either. I think that he's going to be told in the offseason, again, assuming that this stays 8-9, 7-10, something like that, I think they're going to tell him, you got to cut ties with Pete, go get you an offensive coordinator, and run it back. Because I don't think that this ownership is going to be willing to pay two coaches. I just don't. And maybe tell him, what do you want to be, a head coach or a coordinator? If you're going to stay head coach, you need to get a defensive coordinator. And look, he's a good defensive coordinator. But you got to focus on the entire team. And I don't think it's there because – Anybody in their right mind would see the offense right now and you can't get up there and defend every week the play calling. It just you can't do it. No, it, it, it's a mess, man. It's um, it's certainly a mess. And Thursday's a big game, I think, not just for this year, but I think it's a big game for the franchise. You're at home. You're facing a beat-up Jacksonville team. If you beat a good 4-2 and two team at home, maybe we could uh, sort of quiet down some of the whispers and the rumblings. You get beat up on, ooh, them boo birds and them paper bags are coming I, out. I was getting, how big of a first drive? I win the toss. I don't want the ball. I want this, uh, the crowd into the game early. And I, if the Saints take the ball and go three and out, yeah, boo birds would be coming out loud. We got a Sunday night matchup this week in the NFL where it's going to be the Dolphins taking on the Eagles. That would be really good. But then the week after that, um, we have something that just – just grates my nerves. We've got, uh, excuse me, it's two weeks from now. My apologies. We've got a London game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. That's one of the biggest games in the NFL all season, and it's being played in Germany. I said London. It's being played in Germany. Am I the only one that absolutely hates these games overseas? I don't know why we're doing it. The players don't want to go. They say that the turf is substandard. It, it why are we doing this? Every team, I get it all, it's a global audience. Every team's making billions with a B of dollars every year. Do we really need to go and play games in London that start at 7 in the morning? It just no, feels you, like overkill. No, you don't. And these people, oh, I get to wake up and, and watch football. Man, I hate watching football at 11. <laughs> <laughs> you know, much less 9 o'clock. Uh, I, I think it's they tried it. It's done. Just get away from it. But I think it's it's more and more they're going the opposite way we want to want it to go on this one, Casey. Yeah, there's going to only be more before there's less for sure. Um, LSU taking on Army on Saturday. Brian Kelly said in his press conference, the Tigers are not looking ahead to Alabama. Uh, said that the bye week will start the Alabama preparations. Um, apparently just one LSU player is going to be out of the lineup on Saturday. That'll be Emory Jones. He's listed as doubtful. Um, I'm sorry, also um, also Makai Wingo is listed as doubtful, so he's likely not to play as well. You're facing a, a, an Army team that surprisingly, and I didn't realize this until Brian Kelly said it yesterday at his press conference, they don't run triple option anymore. Um, their quarterback has already attempted 77 passes, six touchdowns, four interceptions. So it's an Army team that, will be run heavy. They run far more than they throw, but they don't run the triple option anymore. Um, I think that significantly hurts their chances in this game. 
Uh, but LSU's a big favorite, and the, the, I mean, all you got to do Saturday is is just stay healthy. That's the most important thing: stay healthy. Yeah, the, the only chance, and it is a slim chance, that Army would just have to uh, ball control and just limit the touches that the offense from LSU gets. For sure. Um, Brian Kelly was also asked about Jaden Daniels and being in the Heisman Trophy race, and he basically said, hey, I don't care. You know, it's a team uh, It's a team thing here. You know, if every individual within the team plays to the best of their ability, then the individual wards will take care of themselves. I know that's paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he said. Um but I tend to agree, man. Like so many LSU fans are up in arms. Oh, why is he not getting more respect? Oh, man, it's not his fault. His defense isn't getting good. And if LSU wins the rest of their games and Jaden Daniels plays well in all of them, he's going to be a finalist in New York, and he might hoist the trophy. The most important thing is just play well. You got a half of the season left. Do your best. Play well. And if it's meant for you, it's meant for you. You go ahead and win that award. But I, th- I agree with Coach Kelly. This team still has a lot of goals left in front of them. Um, Worrying about the Heisman Trophy and who they're voting for right now just feels a little bit pointless and a waste of energy. Yeah, and I think if uh, if you want Daniels to be in that number for the Heisman at the end, you got to beat Alabama. Yeah, give yourself an extra game. Yeah, and the SEC cha- a championship on a big national stage where if he plays well. Well, my guy started to slide on Saturday for the first time ever, so that was good to see. That was positive. He actually ran out of bounds a couple of times too. College football this weekend, we have a little bit more of a fun slate. I don't know we're up against the clock, but I'm going to read some of the top 25 matchups to you all, then we'll get out of here. Of course, LSU and Ormery. we got number seven, Penn State, traveling to take on number three, Ohio State. A huge game there. Air Force, who's number 22 in the country, will be taking on Navy. If you like old school option football, I know Kyla Sang's going to be watching that one. Um, that'll be a good one. Washington State will be traveling to take on Oregon. Oregon's a 20-point favorite. Tennessee, traveling to Tuscaloosa. Uh, take on Alabama. Alabama's a 10-point favorite. South Carolina and Missouri. North Texas and Tulane. Texas and Houston. Ole Miss and Auburn. Duke and Florida State. Utah and USC. So, yeah, a lot of really good college football games this coming weekend. That'll be all for us tonight. we got Golden Medal Middle School against Logport. 6 o'clock opening kick. You'll be able to hear that game right here on KLEB. How about them Cowboys one more time for the guy wearing the Troy Aikman jersey. We're signing off. Uh, Thanks to Coach Kyle, as always. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Love you guys.